Oh, here we fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta put that laugh oh, in the intro. Have you ever noticed that Brett laughs like an evil super villain? Like, so he's just plot, revealed his plot to the to a superhero who's hanging by their ankles over the vat of acid, and you're laughing like a maniac, very unavengers like. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go all heat Fletcher on us. <laughs> Uh, breathe, Brett, breathe. Yeah, we don't need you passing out on the show. <laughs> I don't to pass her out around you, Well, when we said, you know, podcast can <laughs> is something special, to see where it goes. <laughs> we were not envisioning the madman nearly passing out across from us. Well, good uh, uh, I think so. For okay. now. Uh, this is Ashley Hall, and welcome to this week's episode of the Paranormal Guide. Keep going. That's a great in- oh. intro. Keep going. Wait, 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 I'm wait, Ashley Hall. And where are you coming out today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the only thing I came out of is you, Brett. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even know what <laughs> No more playing me anymore. You're ruining my good sort right, of name. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> with Ash Spills and Brett. That's Ash what it Spills comes down to. That's what we're going to talk about the paranormal. And this is podcast episode 10, which is a bit of a... Milestone. It is a milestone. Yeah. Did, you know, we started this thing approximately, I was probably more like 14, 15 weeks ago. We had a little bit of a break in there and here we are, 10 episodes later. Yeah, little, what's that? We should have had an anniversary and gone out to dinner and hired a hotel room or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, flowers. I like flowers. Yeah, Brett, where's our flowers? <laughs> they're, they're still being delivered. They're just he, delayed. Okay. He's already started to drink. <laughs> Brett's he, on the vodka. He's well on his way to a good time tonight in the hotel room <laughs> <That's>, with us. <laughs> that, that's, that's how I handle a podcast with you guys. It, it probably does. I wonder if other people also need to be not inebriated, but enjoying substance abuse <laughs> just to listen to us on the podcast <laughs> Or as well. if we have driven people to substance abuse. We, we, we may have. We may have. Well, this is, this is podcast episode 10, and as I said, it's a bit of a milestone, and, you know, we, we had a bit of a rough start, a bit of a... Well, not... It was entertaining, but it was a bit... Yeah, I thought it was entertaining. A bit raw, a bit raw, and, and we've kind of cleaned up our act along the way, but still pro- people probably consider this... Um, I don't know. A nasty listen. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, how do you guys find these 10 podcasts have treated you? Have treated us? You know what? I still see it. I don't even see it really as a podcast. I see it as sitting down and having a semi-organized, semi-junking yap about crap. Yeah. And that's probably a good way to put it. I'm so... But without the drunk. Pretty, yeah, well, I don't drink, so... But <clears throat> just three of us sitting down having a chat and of half the time don't even know we're recording. Yeah, well, that's it. Until someone breaks that by asking silly questions such as that. Just to remind <laughs> us that people are listening. Yeah, thanks, but, Ash. But do you guys have any particular ritual or anything that you go through before you come along to the podcast to get just, ready to Just record? the virgin sacrifice. <laughs> just one per show? One per show. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. You'd be running short on them in Adelaide. <laughs> 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 oh, no. 
So just, so just virgin sacrifices. Just the, uh, you know, a few. I mean, there were, were a few extras for the, you know, the double-digit episode yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, add this episode number Double 10. Double-digits. <laughs> oh, God. We've come 10 episodes and we've reverted all the way back to episode one. <laughs> So where are you going with that? Is there a ritual that we understand? Yeah, so do you guys... You know, I do. Okay. So I pick Ashley Hall up. <laughs> yes. We go to either KFC or Hungry Jacks. Correct. We sit in the car and eat it while we wait for Brett. Yes. And away we go. What, what stage do you sip in Marufi? <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, um, we've had a, quite a bit of interesting feedback over the episodes. People get involved with the discussions. But do you know what's come up? And I think it may have even come up in this room. We discussed the idea, and, and stay with me on, on this, listeners, the idea of a podcast live. Do you remember talking about this? <clears throat> yeah. I was like, we could get a room somewhere. We can get maybe 20 people in. We do the podcast and they, they can sit around listening. It'll be like having a live studio audience. And maybe we can pass a microphone around and they can give us... I thought we were talking about streaming live. Now you want to subject me to (coughs) laughing on the ground like that in front of a big group of people? Absolutely. That's nice of you. (laughs) But do not be really interesting? They get to see all the bits that we cut out. (laughs) Because believe it or not, we do have to cut out some things that time. Look, we've already cut out approximately 10 minutes of this (laughs) episode's content. But yeah, look... And that's purely because of Brett's filth. Yeah, pure <laughs> filth. But, you know, what, what do you guys think of that? You know, talking about the paranormal like we normally do, but in, an, you know, some maybe some of the friends to begin with around us. Well, you know, I'm maybe with taking it. part I, in I would, some of the I would like it, especially if they can take part in it, so they can throw in random questions here and there. Yep. One, of the thing, one of the values, I think, that we add or have um, for what we discuss is that we, you know, we all have a different opinion. We have different perspectives on, on things. We come in with different questions at each other. And I think that other people would have other great inputs as well. I think it would be interesting. Yeah. Especially if we talk about, you know, we we sometimes or a lot of time lately talk about news stories. It would be also interesting to get other people's opinions on that. Well, not just that. If we're talking about specific topics, people can share their experiences with us if, you know... Nobody, you know, people that might be there in the studio audience. It's going to be great to say we've got a studio audience or not. People will think we've got a real professional thing running here. But, you know, it'd just be great having other people's opinions and their experiences on the show live with us. I reckon that'd be, I reckon that'd be kind of intriguing. Would you guys be up for something like that? I'm yeah. down with it. You're down with it? Sure. Yeah. All right, excellent. Look. We'll, we'll start getting something like that together, but yeah, absolutely, guys, if this is something you want to see happening, especially if you want to come join in on the audience and maybe share your perspectives on the things we talk about, absolutely, drop a line on the comments in the podcast you're listening to right now. Now on to the show. <laughs> what has everyone been doing this past week? Uh, not too much, Yahtzee? apart from work. Yahtzee. He's <laughs> still going hard on the Actually, there's a couple of other listeners I've got. Messages from and they're like, "Fuck you, yeah, I'm addicted to Yahtzee. And I was like, "I've achieved my goal." Have you set life. a trend? Maybe, perhaps. Hasbro, whoever it is that made that app, have got to start sending you money. I should and Mentos. Mentos. Who makes Mentos? Not Hasbro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Watched a cool documentary the other day yep. on um, what was it called? It was called "I Know What I Saw." Yes, you have a documentary. Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
Well, what was that about exactly? So it was a gentleman that's, I guess, um, looked into a heap of sightings over the years, but the majority of the people that he witnessed or that witnessed these sightings that he interviewed were yeah, pilots. Um, there was an official from the FAA, um, colonels, military personnel, etc., etc. So, yeah. I think the, Pretty cool. the best thing <clears throat> out of my week is that I've, I learned about a TV series coming out on the 31st of October this year, Ash versus the Evil Dead. Not this Ash. Not me. Not, not yet. But <laughs> Ash versus the Evil Dead, and it's a follow-on from the Evil Dead trilogy. Is that a TV series, is it? Yeah. I thought it was a movie. No, no, it's gonna, cool. it carries on. Um, you know, however many years or, or whatever it is later, and he hasn't changed in the slightest, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. This is <clears throat> one of the uh, complete, you know, one area of my life that will be complete. Having have, more, have they released more. anything about it, or is this just something you've you've seen in text um, or heard on the rumor mill? Did you see the trailer? Uh, yes. Well, there's, there's a trailer released. I was doing a conversational thing, <laughs> asking questions. How did like it work out for you? It worked out really poorly. <laughs> but okay, uh, tell us about this trailer. Well, there's a there's a great trailer, and he's got a couple of sidekicks, and Lucy Lawless will be in the show as well. Awesome. And uh, you know, if you haven't seen the trailer, make sure you see it. And then, of course, you know, there's no link to the remake of Evil of Evil Dead a few years ago. Yeah. No link. Good to movie that. on its own. <clears throat> it was a good movie on its own. But this will carry on, you know, from... You obviously had the Evil Dead, then you had Evil Dead 2, which was kind of a humorous remake yeah. of the first. And then uh, Army of Darkness, the third one, which took it in a very defined direction and really gave uh, the, the cold following mm. for both the, the, uh, the, the trilogy and Bruce Campbell himself. And, and I, I know there was another movie uh, uh, about uh, Bruce Campbell fighting monsters himself as himself some years yeah. ago but this here my name is bruce yeah that's good yeah um but th- this here is going to be something really special so i think people if they haven't seen the trailer see it you don't know is the bruce trilogy. campbell in it again yeah he's yeah. the main oh, character so that, they couldn't do it without him it just you know crazy. in the uh in in the tra- you, you remember the evil dead 2 when he's strapping on the chainsaw into yeah. his head onto his arm and you see all the close-ups of all the, the laces and <clears throat> You see at the start of this, you see all the laces being tightened cool. and you think, oh, this is awesome, but it's just him tightening his girdle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's still got the over-the-top, the comedy, the wise-cracking one line. Yeah, and they've, the- they've said specifically that they want, you know, it's not about horror and just be, and being scary. It's about being able to have masses of blood and a head caved in, but people laughing at it. Yes. And that's, and that's the whole point, and that's what I think will just make it something just fantastic and uh, the only thing that is a a bit of a downer the only thing is that it is no longer s mart it is a uh, value mart or something along those lines is that what, why is that? Do we legal can... reasons <clears throat> yeah of course it would be <laughs> legal reasons yeah they weren't able to keep her you know shop smart shop s mart hmm. but i can live with that yeah Absolutely. so that's the highlight for me that it, look, my past weeks, not a whole lot paranormal related anyway. I haven't really done anything. Just been maintaining the website and and keeping on with that. But going with what you're saying, do you reckon there are any other movie franchises that you would like to see come out as TV series? Let's let's talk oh, paranormal, monsterish, 
<clears throat> anything else you can think of you would like because without a doubt paranormal activity will be turned into a series down the line you can guarantee that like take that to the bank within five years there'll be a TV series probably Netflix exclusive what about Ghostbusters as a TV series that'd be pretty cool well there was a couple of comic oh comic cartoon series when well when we were all kids there was the real Ghostbusters and I think it was just called Ghostbusters but you want something live action Ghost of the Week type movie not that I want it's far from a paranormal side I, th- I think a, a, a lot of movies if they were turned into something for television would it would destroy the, franchi- the franchise itself it would devalue it because it would be very obviously just doing it for the, the sales mm. you know, so- sometimes the stories are better left short you know if I went if I went back and t- you know, thought about TV series that People gave at least you know many many years ago a bit of an interest in the paranormal. You start looking back at the what Joss Whedon did with uh, Buffy and Angel, because he, he really changed things. <clears throat> even with that show, and it just at, at that time was there was the, also the start of the internet and the start of online forums. So there was a, a lot of impact that he had, and I think that that had an impact on people's view of the paranormal today, even though it was very. Obviously not. Don't real. you dare say... What was that other shit vampire movie? Ah, oh, come out. Oh, Twilight. Twilight. Oh, no, Don't no, you dare no, say no. the paranormal <laughs> was influenced by that fucking movie. The sales of glitter may have been. Yeah. Oh, do do, do, do what upset no. me the most about those movies, and I don't care about their existence. That, that you weren't cast? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, nah, because you go into a bookstore, and before, if you looked up the paranormal section, you would have paranormal books. These days, you go in there, it's now the paranormal fiction section. It's just all this... Teenage falls in love with vampire. Teenage oh, falls in love yeah. with it's, werewolf. Teenage falls in love yeah. with this. Blah 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 blah. So that, that in, in a way that 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 ruined a, a lot of what could have been done. You know, I think what again what Joss Whedon did was fantastic. Um, and if anything, I'd love to see an, um, another series of of Buffy, but for the modern day. Of, you know, what what should be doing now, and how things changed afterwards. Because it was a, it was a great storyline. Yeah. Um, but as far as movies, there's nothing I, I'd really want to see turned into TV. No. Well, what do you guys think about? And I know this is, was originally a TV series, but the X Files is coming back. Have you seen the the 14 second teaser trailer? 14 seconds. This series. <laughs> I believe it was about 14 seconds. Doesn't show you know much. You got the classic movie. You got a bit of a shot of it. Okay. You know what? They've got a, a lot to fucking a lot of trust to earn back as far as I'm yeah. concerned with the way they finished the X-Files season terrible. before you know doing it making it a fucking montage essentially of just bring back all the old characters over the years was one of the most stupid and disappointing things anyone has done in the history, history of television I just didn't like the whole super soldier <clears throat> storyline that it kind of turned into towards the end I can't even remember that part yeah, because all I can remember no is the point. stupidity of just one <laughs> character after another on one character after another just if the, over the two, last two episodes, well, there's a smoking man again. <laughs> there's there's every there's that little goofy kid again. Uh, there's a, yeah, it's just ridiculous. So they have they have to get a lot of credibility back, and if they want to do that, they've got to do it really seriously because otherwise, no one's going to give a shit. Yeah. Did, did you watch a lot of X Files spills uh, early on? <laughs> they were the best ones. They were. My yep. favorite episodes were when it was. I guess what you could call the monster of the week episodes, which was here's something weird going on and it's kind of wrapped up. You know, you had like that fluke worm guy, you had the fire starter guy. They were kind of 
But yeah. later on, when they kind of they kind of got rid of the weekly, this is what we're doing, and they're kind of wrapped into the law of ufology, which was cool. I, d- I did prefer, much like Supernatural in the early <coughs> days, Monster of the Week, then they, once they kind of make it more complex from that, I think they usually fight, well, yeah. lose they, their way. They did, they did lose their way because they, instead of finish, sometimes people need to finish off a, a television series rather than milk it for everything they can. Yeah. And they just kept it going, kept it going, and that was what screwed things up. The, the most memorable thing for me it's, uh, was actually a, a two-word quote. It was an episode with... Um, uh, Peter Boyle, who, who who was the fellow that played the father in Everybody Loves Raymond, okay. he, he was in it, and he was able to see, uh, I think, t- and if he'd touch someone, he'd see how they die. Huh. And uh, the the most amazing thing that just gave me chills was that he touched Scully, and she said, "So how do I die?" And he just said, "You don't." Mm, okay. And that to me, that was very very well written because it just gave this huge question mark. That would most likely never be answered, and I'm still to thinking about it now. Yeah, but other, but you know what? I'll, it, it lost its way. If they can do something, part of me thinks they're just trying to get back on with the paranormal bandwagon. Sorry, dude, time. I just think that's fucking stupid because <clears throat> everyone dies. <laughs> but anyway. But- <laughs> You have to think of the context of this storyline. Yeah, I know. It's fiction, but... Oh, good. I'm glad you're... I was thinking... Do we have to explain this now? Okay. Oh, no, I wouldn't be surprised if there are people that think all of X-Files is money in the bank, true to a word, life is how it is. Well, that's kind of how things are for the crew of the Paranormal Guide, isn't it? What, we sit in an office, like, I want to believe, I want to believe. on the wall behind me and go out chasing down Kate. I wish it was like that. I just wish we drove around in a van solving mysteries like oh, Scooby-Doo. With a Great Dane? Yeah. Oh, yes. You'd have to be. <laughs> You're just laughing. Wouldn't you like to do that? Would you love... Like, drive around and investigate and that'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and all sorts of different shit. Like, you know, maybe cryptids, maybe UFOs, whatever. And every, and every, every mystery, pull mask off someone and they say, you pesky kids. <laughs> it's just one of us each time yeah. <laughs> trying to trying to create work for ourselves it's like the firemen starting fires for them to go out and put out yeah, imagine that far out that would be the life cruising around in a van solving mysteries that's our goal I'm that's Shaggy you're Velma <laughs> Ash pointed to Brett then I'm just like <laughs> If, let's say we wanted to do this. Say this is purely hypothetical. We want to just travel the countryside and investigate places. We would obviously need some leads on on ghosts, hauntings, strange stuff going on in people's houses. Are you guys comfortable? I know we've talked about we've independently gone out and done in-home investigations with people. And I guess we each have our own kind of hesitations to do it with just anyone. We usually do it with people we know that have been referred to us. Would you guys be happy if complete stranger that was listening to the show was to write and say, look, I've got this strange stuff going on in my house. Do you guys want to come check it out? Is that Would we be wanting be to cool. do that? I, I would be, but, <clears throat> but. I, I'd, I'd want there to be so it, it to be something substantial. I don't want to get there and find out that it's just the door bangs on its hinges whenever there's a bit of a breeze. Mm. And I'd like them to have taken some steps to get gather information, keep a diary of what's going on, so that way we can uh, weed out the uh, 
the weirdos and people that just, <laughs> you know, there, there, there might be people, Ash, that just want to get you in their home. Oh, absolutely. I've heard stories where people have been called out with um, stories of strange happenings in houses because these people literally just wanted the ghost hunters experience in their homes. Nothing was actually gone. Possible. I mean, uh, you know, apparently if, uh, if people are, you know, female models and, and swimsuit models, that type of thing, then there's a greater likelihood that the paranormal uh, activity is real. And I think those ones we should just go and check automatically. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm with but, that. <clears throat> but other than that, just having a, uh, a level of information to begin with, I'd be happy to, as long as it's serious. Okay. Yeah, pretty much the same. You'd want to make sure it's something substantial if it's just your normal you know, run-of-the-day haunting. Oh, my God. So we're just watching Brett drink out of two cups here. Why are you doing that? <laughs> Don't say two cups. <laughs> You're one double fisting. One coffee and one vodka cranberry. Yes. Why? One guy, two cups. This, this is how we party in podcast episode 10. But in all seriousness, if people wanted to basically get us out there to have a look at what's going on in their houses, what, what would be the best way for them to present <clears throat> that case to us? You know, a, a summary of what is happening and when. Yep. What any, any things that they've, any history behind it that they know of. Um, and whilst I understand a lot of it will be experiences, especially shared experiences, and if they've taken any steps to record <clears throat> anything, whether video or audio, again, it's about showing that it, I, I wouldn't want to see an email saying, oh, I'm sure my place has got a demon in it. And, <laughs> and I hear this howling every once every week. Please come and check. You know what? Crackpot. Spam. Yeah. Um, if someone just... Put some decent information in there. Just really let us understand what is really happening. And we, we want to make sure you don't exaggerate. Just be honest. Mm. I think the other thing is they also need to not have expectations on their end as to what's going to happen. Because a lot of people will call out to an investigative group to come in, have a look at their home, expecting all the cameras, all the lights, all the gadgets, like, like they've seen in the shows... They need to have the understanding that's not exactly what's going to happen. Like, I don't know what everyone's different uh, processes in investigation, but a lot of it's interviewing and a lot of it's just talking to, to try to find a date or a time where it's best to come into the house if we think that staking out the location is going to be worth it. Look, I think what a lot of people that haven't investigated too much might not realise is the, time, the amount of time spent just sitting there I mean, the TV shows show the whole... You know, they basically show a five-hour investigation in, in half... Mm, or really five, the that's if you're, that's if you're yeah, lucky. Yeah. That's if it's a short one. Yeah. You know, there are times we've spent, what, eight hours staring at some fucking lights yeah. and nothing, and nothing Dude, happens to me. We might yeah. see one flicker for a moment and then think, oh, my God, that is a highlight. That's <laughs> what an investigation quite often is. And look, probably the biggest thing I've experienced is uh, or when you do get activity happening... Is it's not a night full of activity. It's basically five seconds of something or half a second of something happening, and that's it. Mm. You know, it's not a continual door slamming all night and this happening and that. Happening. Like the, the movies portray so much bullshit. Uh, and the other thing I, I would say as well, if if we were going to be going out somewhere, you know, we're not 
uh, American Horror Story Freak Show, have all your friends around to uh, watch us and <clears throat> poke and prod at us and whatever, is something, again, if, if we're going out somewhere, they need to take it seriously. And it's not about entertainment. It's yeah. going and actually doing things the right way. But then before people make a decision on who they're going to call out to investigate the homes, they need to make that decision. And this isn't just a sales pitch for us, but how could someone who might be having something going on in their home that they think might benefit from having an investigation group kind of have a look at it, how could they best go about choosing who's best to come into their home? Because there are, and I'm not afraid to say this, there are absolute crackpot loony groups out there that are happy to go into your homes to check them out. You don't want those groups, obviously. Well, you know, you know what? If we're going to call a spade a spade here, okay, we we fuck around on this show a fair bit, and we can say a lot of really weird things. But at the end of the day, we do um, take things seriously when it comes to, especially dealing with other people and problems they're experiencing. And I don't, for one moment, expect that people go well that you know that we're saying, well, you should talk to us about it. Mm. Um, if people are going to get a group out now, in the past it was pretty clear i mean there was uh, and there's been one good group that has you know been on a lot of investigations that were taken seriously hmm. you know paranormal field investigators or has been done a lot over the years has always been able to stand with integrity with um debunking their own information mm-hmm. and the things that they find you know they're not out there to sensationalize they're you know trying to do you know do things in the right manner um and that, that's one of the things that i've appreciated about pfi but so many groups now don't have any there's no standards and this, again we've spoken about this so many times there are no standards to how people do things and as far as i'm concerned out of you know 99 of the teams out there in whether it's adelaide or australia or wherever are all full of shit and there's no value that they can add, they're going to start... You know, you could have five teams in and get five different results. Ten teams, mm. ten different... Twenty teams, twenty different results. And then you've got your home photos on five different pages. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting you say that too, Brett. And, and another thing I've noticed is... Well, and what's very interesting... What year are we in? 2015. Yeah. So I started investigating in 2008, 2009. And, you know, in those six or seven years, I reckon all up, evidence-wise... Out of, and I'm talking thousands of hours of video and, and audio, I reckon I've got about five seconds worth or ten seconds worth of audio. You know, and, and what I've noticed is a lot of these teams, they might. It, it's almost like every time they go out and investigate, they capture something. Well, and that's what I find interesting. So, you know, out of the... And I don't know how many investigations I've done. Let's say 200 investigations. I reckon out of those 200, three or four, perhaps, where something significant happened. Yeah, you know what? So I quite agree. There's, there's so, it's, it's so uh, rare for something of value to happen. And I think that what it comes down to, to go back to your question, Ash, is what is the, what is the motivation for you in having a team come out? Yeah. If your motivation <laughs> is that you want to have the scare experience, you want to feel you know, you're, uh, that you've got a great story to tell your friends, then just go pick any of the fucking teams off the roulette wheel and they'll come in and they'll bring in their psychics, they'll bring in their whatever, they'll tell you some great story and you're going to go and have something grand to put up on Facebook yep. and talk to your friends about. If you actually have a serious problem you want dealt with and taken seriously, 
there are very, very few groups you can go to. You need to, and this is not a knock at people that um, claim to be psychic. I'm not making a judgment on that here right at this moment. What I'm saying is if a team is saying that you know they're using a psychic as part of what they're doing, well, you can't look at it as being a scientific investigation. You just can't. If you really want to try and get someone in and work out, is this something odd that's happening, something paranormal, or is there a natural explanation, you need to get people that are actually going to try and find a natural explanation rather than jump to conclusions. Yeah. <clears throat> and how can people do that? How... If you don't know anyone in, this, in the field and they can take our word for it, whatever, on who to go see, fair enough. But if they want to decide <coughs> for themselves but they don't know anyone, how is there a way that you can just, by looking at a page or looking at a group's website where there might be some red flags to, you know, don't go near this group, don't get them in? Oh, and again, it's down to personal views, but look, I think if, if, if you go to a page and there's all photos all over it and... and there's evidence at every investigation they've been to and, you know, it's really, and, and I guess, and again, it's really hard with the technology out there these days to determine what's bullshit and what isn't. Um, the other thing you could probably do or possibly do is ask and, you know, ask to speak to any homeowners that have had this yeah. team investigate and... and that, that might no, be hard because of privacy. Yeah, look, again, on, but, yeah. But, you know, depending what, on the location. What you sort of said is right. Yeah, you know, look at... If their website is full of evidence and... Well, evidence with quotes. <laughs> um, full of information, full of all sorts of static sounds that they're saying that they can hear a voice in, steer her away. And I think that there are very, very few groups that I, can, I could say, you know what, you'll actually get what you're actually wanting. And again, this is—it's all about the motivation. Mm. Most people want an experience as part of even what's happening in their own home. If you want a serious, you know, group to go in, find a group that actually debunks. They go through and they debunk. If you, if you find a paranormal team that say we've been out on a hundred investigations, we have hardly come across anything. Almost everywhere we go, we've found <coughs> a natural explanation. And the things that we haven't explained, we're not going to make an assumption that oh, it's, it is a ghost or some other bullshit. We're going to say that there's something we can't explain. This is what it is. Yeah. And it's, but it's a, it's a rarity. And they're saying that maybe there is a natural explanation. Still, we just haven't worked that out yet. Mm. That, that's the group that you'd want to go to if you, have a, if you want to find a serious team to come in and do something. You want to find teams that put up case studies. They're usually anonymous. They don't usually give away location. But there are the rare teams that will put up the history of the location of visited, what was going on, while keeping it anonymous so you can't work out who they went out and got, went and helped. Plus all their notes on what they did and what they found. And it's usually those teams are the ones with a lot of integrity, the ones that aren't afraid to put up, we did a proper job and found nothing. You know, They're not in it for the, the hurrah, we found the the be-all and end-all of paranormal the, the, evidence. You know what? When it comes to paranormal <clears throat> teams, the ones that find a lot of evidence have little credibility. The ones that find little evidence have more credibility. Depends on the location as well and yeah. those sorts of things, I think. But, look, I, I guess another way I look at it as well, and, and just speaking through experience, a lot, of the, a lot of the evidence, and I'll do what Brett did, inverted commas <laughs> um, a lot of the evidence put out there especially EVP you know it's 
a lot of the times you can't hear what it's saying. A lot of the times it is, uh, it, it could be someone else breathing, it could be clothing, it could be this and that. And I know, um, you know, a few of the times where I came across something interesting in audio, I was certain, look, I was certain it was more than likely an EVP, mm-hmm. but I wasn't 100% certain, yep. so I'd discard it. I wouldn't even put it aside as evidence. You didn't? It's deleted file now. Yep. Oh wow. Don't even, don't even contemplate it because if I'm questioning, someone that's far more skeptical yeah. is going to come along and question it. So if, I figure it's easier just to get rid of. If in doubt, throw it out. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, it's exactly the team. Right. Like, like you've both touched on, it's the teams that say when they say they have found something, they put it out there and say, pull it apart. Yeah. If someone finds something that we've missed. Great, we've got an explanation. It's not about going out there and finding as many entities as possible. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think that that's the best thing to do, just to you know look at how critical a, gr- a group is and look yeah. at how critical their results are. The more critical on themselves they are, the better yeah. they're going to be to help you. And you know, I, I've seen, <clears throat> I've actually seen groups in the past put something out there. Someone's come across it and challenged it and uh, or provided information that the group didn't know. And the group's actually turned around and gone, you know what, I accept that yep. and we'll remove that because you've proved us wrong. They're the best. They're yeah, the well, best you know, that's, I think that's great. Okay, what about for the very religious cases? People with a very religious background are going to have a different type of paranormal experience because they're obviously going to believe in the light yeah. and the dark and most of those experiences are going to be demonic in their in their minds. Not just anyone should be called in to go because there's lots of teams that would just love to be. I go, we're working on a demon case. What's the, what's the best well, way for someone in that situation to... I mean, my answer is actually going to be exactly the same because now, first of all, um, the, the teams that are professional and that will... Um, make an effort to debunk will also likely be very respectful of people's belief systems and work their in- what they do with their investigation around that person's beliefs and so they're respectful of that and understanding they know how to help manage that person and the trauma they're going through um, I think that is a lot more ethical than teams that are going to come in and almost uh, in a predatory way feed off that person's and feed that person's beliefs and fears purely for the sake of building up the intensity of their case. So I think it's more important if you are a very strong, you know, strongly religious, um, you know, and, you know, that type of person, I think you need to have someone come in who can be respectful, but not take advantage of your beliefs. And that means, again, having a professional, uh, you know, a serious team come in. You see it so many times and, and some sites and some pages I like on Facebook that'll, and yours is one of them, Ash, Paranormal Guide, where someone will post a photo and then you'll have all this input from a heap of people. They'll almost, you know, 100% without any hesitation say, this is what you've got and this is how to deal with it. And, you know, it's without taking the person that or the original commenters um, thoughts or beliefs into consideration, you know, and, and that's what's concerning. Yeah. No, I've seen I've seen uh, cases where uh, friends 
have made a situation worse. You know, someone that they're stressed about what's happening in their home, and you know, friends can exacerbate by saying, "Oh, yes, I'm sure that this is what it is," and you know, because they, you know, the the homeowner or you know, person living there believes their friend and trusts in them, it it heightens their sense of fear, it heightens their sense of stress. Look, big big part that play or big part to play in this is movies. You know, and movies portray a certain type of, you know, that demon that, and there's barely any good ghosts. And a lot of people, because there's not that much knowledge in the greater community community about it, people automatically assume that if this is happening in their house, then it could be this, or it's a demon, or it's this, it's that, because they relate back to the movies they've watched rather than really knowing, you know, or really. Um, Fuck, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so... I think people want a negative thing. Negativity sells. Negativity will get your post... Look, on my page, The Paranormal Guide, I can post something about a real nice ghost, about how someone was helped out of a situation. And I don't really care too much about likes and shares, but I can really see what people find more interesting by their actions they take on those posts. If I post something that's real, like a nice story, nothing. But if it's demon, 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 that thing ends up all over the internet, people like those stories. Yeah. And people, I think, might want to think that if they've got having experience in their house, maybe they don't necessarily believe it's negative, but by selling it as negative, it's going to get that more attention. Maybe help's going to come sooner. I think it, it it'll very much come down to you know whether, whether it's from movies, from friends, from outside input, and people having something they don't understand. They'll listen to what input is coming in from around them, and wherever that may be from, and that'll help them determine is it is it a ghost, is it a poltergeist, is it a demon, is it most likely just an old house with lots of creaks. Another thing that I find interesting, you know, a lot of the times I've seen. People post photos of their children with scratches and bruises and, and those sorts of things, you know, and I've got kids myself and they're always knocking themselves. I was going to say, you know what, bruises, take, a, take a photo when they don't have any scratches and bruises <laughs> yeah. and, and then that'll be a fucking miracle. Exactly There's something right. paranormal going on. Yeah, exactly right. You know, and, and you see these people post these photos and the first thing they're saying is something's harming my child while they sleep or... Okay, let's let's put this in a different different perspective now. Okay, how much? So there's a fair fair few years of experience in going into people's homes, yeah. going into all sorts of locations. We've been into a, collectively the three of us been into a lot of places and have spent a lot of time over the years. Mm. How many times have you been truly physically threatened by something that's not that's not a real person, not a fire extinguisher? <laughs> <laughs> Me never, exactly never. And look, Ash, threaten? No, not not physically harmed or anything. No, look, I've walked out of a place and I've had scratches on me. But typically, I'm in these bloody dilapidated old buildings. Who knows where you? And but people see that and try to try to almost impress on me that something yeah. so paranormal's happened well, to me. My, like, my point no. is that if we look at all of the news articles that we've come across, we've been speaking about all the news articles you've looked at over the years. Yep. And then we look at what we've discussed in the last couple of weeks. There's more risk of uh, harm from other people on investigations. Yeah. And in haunted locations than there is from ghosts, demons, or whatever you want. Look, I've been in situations where I've felt uncomfortable. Mm. And and I've felt 
whatever's there could potentially harm me, but I've never, I've never yeah, been, that, I, I've never, yeah, and, and it's just my personal feeling. Yeah. Could just and be that, like, and exactly right. And that's, and that's, that's all my mind of, playing tricks on me. What it, my, my and it own. can be just that, you know, that change in environment that people talk about where you do feel threatened, you do feel like something is going to go bad. And that's, that's the feeling that but we again, chase. But is again, is that just our interpretation? So let's just say if it, the way, when we feel like that, so the goosebumps and the hair standing on end and, and that uneasy feeling, let's say if that is directly related to the paranormal. So let's just say straight out, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. when we're in that situation, it's definitely... We the ghost energy, the energies yep. are causing that. Okay. Now, okay. It, it, that, that feeling of fear and, and that intensity, is that... And a lot of people interpret it as though it's something negative. But is that just our interpretation of the way they're trying to communicate with us? The unknown. Do you know what I mean? Well, we, we don't know. Um, that's our perception of yeah, it. Yeah, well, but that's the thing. It's, it's not necessarily even that. Now, um, if you are around electromagnetic field changes you, or, as we've mentioned, infrasound, you can start feeling and experiencing feel, you know, discomfort. Uh, something I'd highly recommend to people if you have a CRT monitor and you have a degauss button, press t- let the monitor run for a while, put your head by the back of the monitor and press degauss. <laughs> okay, probably don't do it. Um, but, you know, what, what will happen? I've, I made that mistake. I'm probably still paying for it. But my whole vision twisted everything in my... What? Yeah, seriously. The electromagnetic field... Because when you degauss, you're just... But basically, it's just this big EMF burst. Right. And it was enough that it distorted my... It was, it was more than my vision. Everything in my head just went funny for a moment. This is in the old CRT monitors. And so it has... It, it, EMF ha, has a major impact <clears throat> on our psychology because it has a major impact on how our neurons fire and what's going on with our neural activity. Um, you know, for, for one, one example is now, maybe when there is any type of paranormal activity there is a there is naturally as a consequence electromagnetic field changes by the fact we're sitting here as we could if we could use a had a tri-field meter here now we can we can see that there are electromagnetic field Mm. fields that exist because just because we're here it's not that we're trying to do that or we're creating that it's just a consequence of our existence therefore it may be just that as a consequence of paranormal Activity, there is a change in electromagnetic fields, which then creates that feeling of dread, creates those uncomfortable feelings. Yeah, definitely, and that's what I'm saying. But uh, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, they go into a location and they feel something negative, you know, and that's their personal, I guess, perception or interpretation of what it is, and automatically then. Someone else goes there. That person that's been there says, "Oh, I went in there and there was something negative," and and. All of a sudden, this, I guess, this view by a number of people gets built up that this particular location is negative when it could just be uh, our interpretation of the way we're feeling at that point in time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a Chinese whisper. Yeah, of yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Right, so you're really, uh, through psychology, creating an expectation of what the experience is going to be. And then, therefore, that's what people go in experiencing. Like I was saying earlier, I've gone to enough investigations to know now, right? If I start feeling like that, I don't feel threatened. Mm. It's almost like it, I know that it's it's something psychological, like within me. That that's 
or or if you're completely honest, you're still chasing that fear like me. We've discussed that before yeah. as well. We want that fear to, to, to be real again, but it's hard because you just you feel a little bit, but it's not enough. You're like, okay, well, hopefully something is actually going to happen this yeah. time, and usually we just it ends up in disappointment. Man, and you, so, can, you can have some of my heart-thumping anxiety then that I'll try to share with you guys the next time I get freaked out in a location. <laughs> I wish, it's, I wish it was like that still. But, yeah, but that's yeah. but that's what it comes what it comes down to, and I do remember what I was saying now, um, is that there there are really very few, if any, that we not certainly nothing that we seem to have been able to experience mm. that we can say there's actually been a real threat. No, there, there is not any. I've no, no, I've never come across anything that I can say. Yes, there's been a real and true threat. Neither none of us seem to be able to say that. No, no and way. not not a threat to my life. And therefore, no. it's not. Whilst people may feel that they are threats, as you may said, spills doesn't mean that there is a threat. And I think that that's you know what one thing people need to understand and try and just you know uh, realize that just because they feel a certain way and that something may be happening, it doesn't mean that it's the worst thing in the world. Mm. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on and see whether you guys have ever been truly threatened. I, I felt it like spills. I've felt like something could happen, but nothing's eventuated from that feeling ever. Well, you know, I've, I've felt that something, you know, in the past specifically um, was, it, you know, I would only, if I was describing the experience, so again, maybe it, was, it could be anything. I, if there, if it was a, a real energy or entity there, I feel that it was trying to be threatening towards me. Yeah. But what I all I experienced as a result was instead of the cold spot people talk about, it was a hot spot. <clears throat> okay. That, that what about? Me. Well, I felt hot spots and hot spots are interesting. Well, I got a question. Forget everything that everyone's ever told you about what ghosts can do and what these entities can and can't do. Do you think it's possible for them to hurt us? Ooh. You, that's, a, that's, a, You're right, that's, a, that's a very good question. Do you think it's like we've obviously felt this intent, possibly an intention towards ill will towards us. That's how we interpret it, but we've never felt it come to that. Is it possible or is it all just bark, no bite? Do you want, uh, can I give my thoughts on this one? Yeah, first, jump in, man. I personally don't think they can. Okay. That's it. Straight That's all you're going to say. Yeah, look, I personally, and, and the reason I've been, you know, I guess I, I've provoked a fair bit with yeah. investigations. And <clears throat> look, if something wanted to hurt me, I think it would have bite out, oh. personally. And look, in some pretty Adelaide jail, um, didn't provoke in the Adelaide jail, but, you know, or, or, if there was a possibility. The paranormal could hurt you, or, or a ghost could hurt you. Adelaide Jail would have been the location. Okay, for me. well, what about now? We spoke about curses last week. What about if an, an entity has enough intelligence and enough enough power to influence those same energies that can be done through cursing by someone who is full bodied? But, but here we go. Okay, I'm going to counteract that. Oh, yeah, please do. I'm just okay. throwing it just to now. Say your if their consciousness was that much evolved, where they could do something like that, then we would be seeing a lot more in the paranormal world. 
Uh, but what if that's a very rare thing to be at that? I'm saying, can, is there a possibility uh, of that, in your opinion? Would the person that's been cursed by this ghost, we'll just say cursed, would they know that this curse is happening? Would there be that no, psychological well, aspect I don't think, that's required? I, I don't think that generally... Uh, if we make the assumption that ghosts exist, which we, I mean, we kind of need to considering the show we're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> um, if we make that assumption, I don't think that there are, there would be very many cases at all where there would be the capability to do that. I just don't think that their their level of consciousness. I don't see a lot of, to be honest, you know what, even in the paranormal community of living people, I don't see a lot of capability at the level of intelligence <laughs> and consciousness to be able to pull that shit off, yeah. let alone if someone's fucking dead. So, <laughs> yeah, leave that in. <laughs> um, and so, no, I don't think that that's the case. What I'd like to then throw out is we've seen different videos that we can say we know there is some credibility to for various reasons regarding possession. Mm-hmm. What about harm through that? Now, I think we should need to point out that the experiences we've seen or experienced through these videos or in person have not been, you know, like in The Exorcist, they are <clears throat> substantially different from the movie type of possession. Yeah, but. It- Look, a, a, a brief example, without going into too much, it's literally someone going about whatever they're doing at a the time, then all of a sudden they've switched. And, and they're doing basically. something that's out of character, that they yep. don't, but it's in character perhaps with the entity that is supposedly there. At that location. And then afterwards... Snapped out, snapped out of it. And then maybe go throw up. And, and also men, you know, <clears throat> mentioning that there's been, in one of those times that we know of, you know, even threats of violence. Look... I don't see possession as, I guess, my, my view of it is not the way, the traditional way where a uh, an entity enters someone's body and replaces their consciousness <coughs> and becomes, or basically utilises their body as a, you know, it's almost like, do, does, do our conscious, does our consciousness operate at a same vibrational frequency as the entity, whether, whatever you want to call it, and... It's almost like a, a interference. You know what? They're, they're, like, like a good example is cross phone wires. Well, you know, what? I've you know, got a better, better example for you, Spills. Um, but I think you're dead right on this. The uh, if you're listening to a radio station, let's just say 105.0 for the sake of it, you're listening to 105.0, but something else comes nearby you that is emitting at that same frequency at a higher power than. Well, it doesn't even You're have to receiving. be at, the high, at, the high, at a higher power. It just but needs it'll, to be within range. All it needs to do is be stronger in signal at that point that it takes over what's what you're hearing yeah. in the radio. Yeah. And so it's, it's radio interference. You could think of it in the, almost exactly the same way. Are we, as human beings, therefore, a, essentially like a radio? That we, are, we have a frequency that we are allotted and sometimes something might get in the way of that. And that's, but that, then going back, is there, if that happens, the ability to cause harm? Well, yeah, if, it, if, it, if it's a human <coughs> agent that can cause harm, then yeah, of course that can cause harm, but there needs to be that will to want to do that. Okay, well, we can actually take it a step further and say, is there the ability for a, a non-physical entity to create a physical effect on a human being? whether it's from grabbing around the throat or 
pulling an arm into scratching an item of furniture someone. to scratching. Is that a is that a okay? Possibility? I'll, look, I'll look at it this way. Yeah. When you look at the billions of people that have died before us, and and if the paranormal really does exist, and there's potential for for uh, an entity to harm us, I'm sure out of those billions of people that have died before us, people would be getting attacked daily. Oh, well. Oh, well yes, they assuming... report that all the time. But, but, you but go to my group, every third a, post is someone Again, scratched. at a higher frequency than, you know, it would almost be one in two people. Yeah. But, you, but, you, you know, but that's also making an assumption that out of, every, out of everyone that dies, it's making an assumption that they, are, they automatically become a ghost and then also an assumption that they have that capability. Now, we could also say that maybe out of, you know, and this is just using figures pulled out of thin air, that out of every 100 people that die, how many would potentially become a ghost? You know, it probably isn't. It wouldn't even be one. It might be out of every 10,000 people, every 50,000 people, maybe one becomes something that hangs around longer than a short period of time. Yeah, okay. And 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 then out of that... Uh, if you take all of them around the world, it might be one out of every million that might have the capability to create a physical effect if the right circumstances exist. Agree, but then if you look at the billions of people that have died before, it's still a pretty high number. Yeah, if there's like four, if there's been forty billion people that but have walked the, this planet, my understanding is there more there are more people alive today than have ever died. Yeah, that's very wrong. No, believe <laughs> me, it has to be wrong. <laughs> There, there are currently 7 billion people alive today. Yep. The Population Reference Bureau estimates that about 107 billion people oh, okay. have ever lived. So we're nowhere near close to having more alive than dead. There are 15 pe- dead people for every person living, to put it into context. Okay. So whilst that's a, a fair number, but then you've got to put in all the other variables of what is the shelf life of an entity and also what keeps again those variables variables work the other way too so there's arguments about why personally um no they can't fucking hurt me (laughs) that's what we've got to go back to which is the question so so you don't think a ghost could physically hurt you personally i don't no, you seem to be thinking a little bit more like there's a possibility. I think there's. Of a, this. I think that there are rare circumstances and that that can happen. Yes. Yeah. When I say when I say a possibility, and you know, out of every okay, let's if we use the numbers again, out of every twenty thousand people that think they've been scratched, yeah, I think they probably haven't. Mm. I think, as I said, it'd be a very rare thing for for that to happen. It, it would be, and. So you think there's a lot of people claiming to be scratched, etc. Then that's actually happening. But what was interesting is what started this conversation was the idea of people posting up photos of their children getting scratched and saying this was a a demon or a ghost attack. Now I want to bring that back to our conversation about what should you do if you think that is happening. You know, if you think something's going on in your house, you want to get a paranormal investigator in. Well, if it's the other way around, what if, as a paranormal investigator team or yourself, you get a an inbox or an email saying, with photos, this is my child being scratched. Can you come and have a look? There's a minefield there. Okay, yeah, oh, well, <clears throat> straight out. It, 
I'd be if, contacting child services. Well, you know what? If, if, your, ki- if, your, kid is at, if your kid is at home, you shouldn't be contacting a fucking paranormal group. No. They're the last people you should be contacting. If your kid is at home, you fucking get them out of, out of there. It's using some goddamn common sense. Yeah. Um, so when, if, when people say that, I don't think that they themselves can be taking things too seriously. Yeah, I, I think that you know when people are saying that sort of thing, if if your kids are at home, get them out of there, plain and simple. You don't, you know, you, you need to move, find a way to move, get out of there. It, that's if you really and truly believe that they are being harmed. Mm. But other than that, kids get cuts, bruises all the fucking time. That's how. That's what they do. That's their job. But what about the other side? The investigative team gets a call. They this family wants help because their kids are waking up scratched and whatever. I think it's the duty of a paranormal team to uh, see, really, they're going to be managed, I think, more than anything else, managing the psychology of of, of the people. And that's, that's you know what, that's the case in most investigations. In all honesty, though, I, look, I, I think, and we had a, a little bit of a discussion on exactly that on the way here, Brett, about managing the psychology of an occupant or an owner of a house or whoever where that, that they believe they're, where there's paranormal occurrences happening. To me, that's a, a minefield. When you start, and look, if someone's um, mentally unstable, if you want to use those terms, and you start then trying to provide advice, um, guidance, and you know what, it's if, a nightmare. You like, how, how do you... I'll give you an example, and the example I used in the car, you know, what happens if you go to a location, you know, this person is um, quite visibly not mentally stable, right? Now, you provide advice, you provide whatever, and that person then goes and does something, harms someone, themselves, whatever. Are you then potentially liable... Because you've provided them advice. You, you certainly could be. Of course. But the, the, the catch here is that with that approach, you can't really do investigations. You need to make sure you've got, yeah. first of all, insurance. But the fact is, at any investigation you go to somewhere, you are managing someone's psychology, whether you're doing it in a conscious way or not. You're listening to their story. You're trying to be respectful of their beliefs. And whether you're just whether you're just clarifying things for them and saying no, it's just the breeze, whatever that is, you are managing their psychology. Look, from that aspect, yes. But I guess, and and you see a lot of teams do it. They go into a location, and they almost feed. Oh, yeah. That's the that's the problem. This and is why we what we went what we were talking before. You need a, the right team to manage things rather than a bad team. A lot of teams will feed that, that psychology in a bad way. When what a lot of people need is someone to say that you know what things are okay, things are going to be okay now, <clears throat> for whatever reason and however you manage that. They need to be more at peace with it when you leave as a team and feeling that someone's actually given a shit than more worked up that, then, yes, there's something... Depending there. on their stability, you also then run the risk <clears> of, well, they don't believe me, so fuck them. 
And therefore, and, how do and, you then determine when someone is of that psychology that you should really be recommending? And then if you're recommending or recommending they get help, and if you do recommend they get help and they don't go and do it, this is the danger of, yeah. for, for any team that I'm sure <clears throat> almost no teams consider this. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a danger for any private investigation you go on, anything at all. You don't know what the person is going to be like. You it's don't know their state of mind. Myself for a while. And, and there is a huge, huge danger there. Yeah. You know, what if the case is that they think that you're going to be able to help them, but then they're not helped because they can't be, because it's a site. You know what? People may not like it, but the fact is a lot of cases, I'd say well over 95% are going to be psychological in nature rather than paranormal. Oh, definitely. And that being the case... Should any of these teams be going out there and operating? That's the question. That's a very, very that's, good and that's question. That's a question that's been talked about for a number of years now on a lot of the podcasts and paranormal radio shows. Should <clears throat> these, for lack of a better word, amateur paranormal investment, we're all amateurs, I guess, but amateur paranormal investigators, should they be going in the homes and taking on those types of cases, especially where children are involved? You know, giving wrong advice is a bad thing. If, you, if you've if got a case where a child's been scratched and a team goes in there and says, yeah, this is a demon doing it, they do a home cleansing and they're <coughs> saying, okay, this is now safe for the child, but it's really one of the adult humans that are causing this abuse. Once again, you're going to be in a lot of shit for providing that advice, saying it is a safe place for a exactly child, right. when yeah. it absolutely is not. Yeah, and <clears throat> but what about the times when... You go to a place and it might be someone saying that there's a demon doing this and you can you can right out say that there's not really anything happening. It's they've worked themselves up into believing that. If you just say, no, there's nothing here, it's, it's all in your head, they're going to continue on distraught because they're not going to take what you say. So maybe in that case you are better. To but are there children involved? If there are no children involved, yes. If there I'm, are no children, that's that a big out. difference. You, know, then you might be better to work with their psychology and say, you know what, what is it you believe that this is, and then help them find psychological closure. But then you really need a level of understanding of psychology, exactly. and that's where you run the risk. That is a huge, huge risk, and so this is the problem where there are so many paranormal. Groups, all of, almost all of them, will call themselves investigation groups. Mm. They are not. I think there really, really needs to be a strong line between groups that are doing things for experiences and groups that are. If there is going to be paranormal investigation, there needs to be some standards, and those standards include <coughs> how to manage psychology, how to manage people, how to manage you can't, certain that's situations. Not that's saying if you want to go along that line, you have to do like a four-year course. Not, and people are not going to do that. They're, they're not, not going, going to do. It. So how you know, they're not going to say we're not going to do home investigation anymore because. But we're if there not is at least a, at least if there's a standard, if if there's a standard that people abide by, and that standard is if there is harm mentioned about kids and there are kids involved, then it's you don't touch the case and you need to report that. That would be, to me, that's a fucking standard. And it's a standard people should abide by. They shouldn't go, great, kids are getting scratched by a demon. Let's go in and go and investigate. No, you don't touch that one with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> but you, you need to report it. You need to. There needs to be some standards for not only data collection, not only how an investigation is run, but standards on ethical behaviour for paranormal investigation teams. Would you classify as child abuse? 
if the parent isn't physically harming their child, however, is saying to their child, it's something paranormal that is hurting them. So the child's maybe getting a scratch himself, being what a child is, yep. but the parents are trying to say, this is a demon, this is something yes. paranormal. Yep. This I, is I, I, that's child abuse. That, well, it's, it's, that's not, that's not just, it's not an opinion, that is child abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because uh, it, uh, abuse to children is not just... Um, physical it's mental emotional and and if now the mind is a powerful thing you know if you hypnotize someone you can create some very odd effects you can create injury to someone through suggestion the reason i the reason i say that brett is you see and i've seen a number of of um posts on facebook where parents have put up a photo of their child and they've said look something Something's harming my child. I think it's a demon or a ghost or whatever. Mm. And to me, the long term... And now, even if it isn't... And let's take the paranormal out of it. But for a parent to say that, you know, that that's happening to their child. Now, if they're saying that and the child's aware that that's what their parents' beliefs are, <clears throat> the long term... What are the long term effects for that child psychologically? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and okay, and then let, take it a step further and let's, let's make a wild assumption that the parent is right. There is something paranormal happening in the house and happening to that child. They they need to not be managing it by talking to the child. They need to be yeah, considering the child's Posting welfare. it on Facebook and... Face, yeah. Facebook and getting opinions online is not the way to deal with Agreed. that. Say, having them see a child psychologist... And then whilst they're, you know, they're at school, whilst they're elsewhere, then, you know, get whatever group you want in that's going to help you feel that things are banished or whatever is going to help them feel better. But you don't, the kid, any of the kids experiences that that they shouldn't be knowing about any of this. It's just going to be harmful. Yeah. I think what we can take away from this conversation is if there is something going in your home, it's buy beware when it comes to shopping around for paranormal investigation teams. You just end up with complete lunatics that are not going to make your situation any better, going to make it worse for you, possibly for you and your family. We've hit the hour and we could probably easily talk and continue on talking, but do, do we continue this conversation next week? Do we take in some questions from people who might have questions in regards to what's going on about wanting to get teams in their homes what's going on in their homes what the best way it is to has anyone to had resolution any, has anyone have any listeners had bad experiences yeah with have any teams out there had any bad experiences throwing anything in questions criticisms <laughs> further further opinions that we haven't considered you know maybe sometimes it will pick up on a conversation because there'll be another perspective we haven't looked at yeah yeah, look, we're very interested in this because if something bad's going to happen in the world of the paranormal, I reckon it is going to be someone doing an in-home investigation. It's going to go to hell and it's going to get massive media attention and shit's just going to go haywire for everyone. So, yeah, we, we really just want everyone's opinions. You know, should people, these amateurs, and well, I keep saying these amateurs, but really everyone's an amateur when it comes to this stuff. You know, should we should they be going into people's houses trying to find resolution for people that are having perceived paranormal problems? What are your opinions on that? Well, what what are the uh, attributes of a team that you would want in your home 
to come and look at these things. You know, what is it you would look for in the investigators? What would it is it you would look for in how they go about things? Do you want them to have a psychic? Do you want them to have <clears throat> equipment? What is it you, that you would find meaningful and why? Yeah. What, what are your expectations when calling out a team? Anyway. <laughs> We'll get spills for another point, another question. Oh, no, no. Are you happy? Yeah. I thought we were ending the podcast. Well, we kind of are. Oh, okay, cool. Got, it's like the wrap-up. Oh, in that case, well, this is Ashley Hall, Paranormal Guide. <laughs> oh, my God. Have a good Bill, night. Bill Cosby of the Paranormal World. Oh, no. Hey, look. The competition. Last week's mint. So no one guessed it. Hypotheticals. You didn't eat any. You wrote up a random number on the board. I did. And that number was? Seven. Seven. No one guessed it. Sorry right. once again. But this week, Spills has changed up his diet. He's eating menthols of a but- buttery goodness. They're awesome. <laughs> Actually, these packets are really good. So they're double sealed. <laughs> are you going to review a bloody no, snack not. or a sweet yeah. or a... Lolly medicine. Dude, butter menthols are awesome. They're not too bad. But once again, he's eating a random... Well, not a random number. We know what number he's eating. They're right in front of him. He's counting them up now. Once again, it is a small number. Get that guess into us. Also, remember what we talked about at the start of the show about doing a podcast live. Is that something you would like to see or be part of? I think that'd be really interesting. Especially with discussions like we had tonight. This would have been perfect in a group of people that could put in their opinions as well. And so, you know what? We need to know an idea of numbers. If you are interested, make sure you do let us know that you would be interested. Now, we are based in Adelaide. So, you know, if you'd be wanting to be here for that, you know, let, let us know so we've got an idea of numbers. You know, we, we need to know whether we need the entertainment centre. Are we going to have 30,000 people? Uh, is it just going to be our mums? We've got to work this one out. So do yeah. help us with that. Absolutely. I, I think it will be a lot of fun. And yeah, any comments about the rest of the show, please throw it out there. Um, yeah, but until next time, until podcast 11, thank you very much for joining in this uh, milestone podcast for us three gentlemen, loosely put. I was going to say, we're not gentlemen. Anyway, anyway. I'm Ashley Hall. Oh, fuck Have me. a good night. I'm Spills. Uh, later, dudes. You're Brett. <laughs> oh, um, something intelligent. <laughs> <laughs>